God spoke in power. We've been there for the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I did not have point three. I didn't have it as a third uh, series or three-part series, but it is today. I did not feel and have not felt like we're done. There's a lot of you that have jumped all over this series, um, have been doing it, have been applying the word, have been speaking the word, um, have recognized it as, as something that needs to be incorporated in our life. And so I just felt like today that we need to kind of go one more week. You're going to hear some of the same things and not some of the same things. But on the eve of school starting tomorrow, mm, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm just saying to you, mm, you as a mom and you as a dad and you as students, you take this and you walk onto that mission field and it'll change everything. Change everything. We got godly teachers in this church, godly. And they don't see those kids out there as students that some random computer picked for their class. They see those kids as been divinely appointed to be in that classroom for nine months. For such a time as this, my friend. And teachers, I'm going to tell you something. You claim that word over those kids by name. And mom and dad, you claim that word over your kids by name. And I'm going to tell you, it brought down walls at Jericho, and it'll bring down walls on these campuses. And if you mount up at midnight and start walking these campuses and praying the word over those campuses, it'll absolutely send revival into those schools. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you, it is time that we quit thinking the word and start speaking the word. There's power in the spoken word, and there's zero in the thinking word. All right? I'm just telling you. It's a sweet thought, but it's more than a thought. It is powerful, my friend. Speak the word. Speak the word. Christianity is called the great confession. We talked about that at the very beginning. Christianity is called the great confession. Where do we get that? Glad you asked. Romans 10. Go there now. Romans 10. Look at verse 9. Christianity is the great confession. And here's its beginning. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if you or me or us confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Look at 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. My friend, it started with confession of the mouth and believing with the heart, and it's not going to change. It's not. Man, that's how we got saved, my friends. If you got saved that way, you got to live that way. Why would we depart from something that saved us? Why do, we, why do we confess it, and then we stop confessing it? Why do we believe it in our heart, then we stop believing it? What is that? Who, who intercepts that? Who messes with us? His name is the enemy. That's who messes with you, okay? That he wants you to quit confessing it and quit believing it 
so he can shut you down. Because when he shuts you down, he can ramp his little demons up. And all the stuff in the world can dominate everything. And then he can create fear because what you see with your physical eyes, you go, oh, my gosh, that's so scary. Mm -mm. But in spiritual eyes, that's not scary. No, it's not at all. That's why he tries to do it. He's messing with you. If right now you say, he's messing with me, then, then two things have got to happen. Either you've got to keep taking it or you've got to get some spiritual guts and boldness and start confessing it and believing it like a child of the king. This is, what, this is where it started. We can't depart from where it started. Proverbs 6, 2 says this. You've been trapped by what you've said and ensnared by the words of your mouth. We stop confessing the things that saved us. We stop believing the things that brought salvation to our house. We start speaking and confessing and believing the things of the world. I wonder if you speak any different than your coworkers that live in the world. In your workplace, and I'm not saying they're all lost. I'm just saying those of you that know, those are your coworkers that you know, they're just they're swimming in the world, man. They're backstroking, breaststroking. They're just swimming in the world. And they're just, they're glotting about it. They're just talking about it. But you are called not to be of this world, okay? Is there any difference about you? Any or if Jesus were to walk into the workplace, y'all just all look the same. That's not what he wants. It's not what he wants. We are trapped and snared by the words we use. Our words should not match the words of the world because we're not of the world. We're of Christ, in Christ. Mark 9, go to Mark 9. Mark 9. We were there earlier on in the series but I want to visit it again. Mark chapter 9. Let's begin, um, let's begin verse 22 because I, I don't, I, 23 is my verse, but I want to do 22. 9.22 of Mark, have faith in God. Jesus answered, I'll tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. When you are standing praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Mark 9 says this. Jesus simply says, I'm sorry, did I read wrong scripture? I've been doing this a long time. See, I'm going to go to 11 in a little bit. And I went to 11 early. All right. Y'all got to flush that and go back with me. Uh, we'll re-enter 11 and just look. I wonder why y'all are so quiet. Man, that's good stuff. Mark 9, go up to Mark 9 with me real fast. Man, I love my church. Y'all just hung in there. Y'all didn't say anything. Nobody walked out. Uh, Mark 9, goodness gracious. 
Mark 9. I want to begin in 22, real quickly. 22. Really 21. Remember, this is a guy that's demon-possessed. <laughs> the demon-possessed boy. And the father comes to him and says, you got to help me. 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 And he says, how long has he been like this? Jesus says, how long has he been? Since he's a boy. Since he's a boy. All right? And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? Okay? And he says, from childhood, he answered. Verse 22 says this. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But you can do, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Now look at 23, 923, really, this time. All right? If you can, with a big question mark. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for him who believes. If you can, seriously, if you can, oh, I can. My name is Jesus. I can. You're asking me if I can. I can. Everything is possible for he who believes. I got a question for you. It was asked to me Tuesday morning. When did you stop believing? When did you stop believing? See, you're answering just what I did Tuesday morning. Right now you are. I see you. You're saying this, I believe, I believe, can I tell you what I heard back? No, you don't, because you stopped asking. Mm. Just let that resonate for a little bit. When, when, when did you stop believing? Jesus, I didn't stop believing. Well, you don't ask anymore. Wow. You just accept it. You just take it. You doubt it before you ever pray. You just assume it's going to be that way. If you really would live in Romans 9, 10, 11, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. You didn't doubt it then, big boy. When you were 10 years old, you didn't doubt it then. You confessed it and believed it, and you were saved like that. But the world trickled in and got to you. If you can, everything is possible for him who believes. Ask yourself honestly, when did I stop believing? When did I stop believing? Because we don't ask anymore, do we? Do we ask? Mm. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time? Mm. When was the last time you were amazed by what he did? When was the last time you walked away in awe? When was the last time you walked away and couldn't speak? You just couldn't speak. You're like, oh, man, I'm, I'm just telling you. What did you just see? <laughs> I, I, don't have, I don't have words. I don't have words. See, we don't ask that anymore. Kid, possessed since birth. 
ask and saw. Lazarus, they ask, raised him. Don't ask anymore. Zacchaeus got in a tree, bold enough to get up there and ask. And he went to his house with him. I could go on and on and on. See, we don't ask. We don't. We don't ask. We don't, we don't pray for things anymore that only God can do. We pray for things we can do or what happened without him. When are we going to be bold enough to pray things that only God can do? When was the last time you walked away amazed and awe and speechless? When was he done that? When's the last time he's done that around you, through you, in you? Pop that slide up for me. You've seen it before. My words not void of power. My people avoid of speech. I'll show you a scripture. Keep that up. I want you to listen to this. Isaiah 55, verse 10. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so it yields seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So it is my word that goes out from my mouth will not return empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I send it. When did we stop sowing in the word? You got to sow in the word if you're going to reap out the word. We stop sowing in the word because we don't believe it anymore. We don't believe it. What James warned us, don't be double-minded. Don't be double-minded. You can't think like the world and believe the world and pray and believe the word at the same time. Folks, I am so burdened. I am so burdened for the church, for the little church and the corporate church. Because the last thing we need, friends, the last thing the church needs is more knowledge, more information, more stuff, more preaching. It's the last thing we need. We got enough of it. We got to go do the word. We got to be doers of the word. We have gathered and gathered and sit and soak and sit and soak and gathered and gathered and gathered and gathered. But we don't do any of it. We don't do it. Our kids struggle. and We cry out in fear. We get on the internet and look for something to help them. We get some medicine and poke it down the throat. And we never go to the word. Never speak the word over them. Never. Now pray them over it. Our marriages are struggling. We do everything but claim scripture over our marriage. Houses, homes, communities, schools, country, all kind of stuff, man. Last thing we do is run to the word. Last thing we do is start speaking the word. We've got to go there first as believers. We've got to go first. It's not a prayer knot that you tie at the end and hang on. 
You got to go first. Why do we go last to the word? There's power in the word. When your kids head out to school tomorrow, you drive up to that campus and they go in that classroom. I want you loaded with three or four or five, six, seven, 10, 19, 27, 106 scriptures that you just start quoting, praying over them, praying over them, praying over them, praying over it. They come home from school, you ask about their day, and they say, Mama, what'd you do all day? Sweetheart, here's what Mama did all day. I just spoke a whole bunch of word all over you all day long. No wonder you need a nap. Mm-hmm. That's why I need a nap. Where are you at? I'm toast. Dad's got cereal for dinner. All right? I'm just saying, we got to... Some of y'all are like, what's new? Uh, sorry. Sorry, moms. I love you. Uh, but, but here's the deal. We've got to start attacking with the word. We don't go there first. We go everywhere first. Everywhere first. There's power in the word. Power in the word. Go back to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. Book of Wisdom. It's a good book. Proverbs 4, look at verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Mm. To a man's whole body. Physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. I'll say it again. Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. There's people that are sick, but it's in this area. Get that word poured over you. Pour it over you. Pour it in you. Speak it over you. Just speak it over you. Sometimes emotionally, you get out of balance. Speak over. Speak word over that. Physical. If you're facing physical stuff, claim the word, man. Claim all over the word. Get Isaiah 40 all over it. Get Psalm 103. Just quote it. Speak it over you. Constantly speak it over you. I'm going to tell you what happens. Man, You all of a sudden, you're going to get some power. You're going to get power. There's power when the spoken word is, is, it goes forth. There's power in that. When you speak it, your faith is increased when you speak it. It's not increased when you hear it. I'm just telling you, man, thank you. Man, when you, when you speak that, you get power. It doesn't always happen when you hear it. But hear yourself speak it, and you'll get power. Speak it over you in every area. Hey, there's a really favorite scripture, Mark 11. I want you to go there, all right? Go there like we've never been there, brother. All right? Brand new stuff right off the press. Please go there. All right? Lord help. You do this long enough, you'll do all kind of stuff. All right? uh, Mark 11. Look at 22, just like we said. I want to start there. Very important. Mark 11, 22. Have faith in God. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe in me. You've received it, and it will be yours. I want you to see some key words. 
you have your pen and that's your own Bible, get ready to write. All right? Look at verse 23. I tell you the truth. Anyone who what? Says. If your Bible says thanks, let me know. Anybody in here says think? Mine does not say think. Mine says says. Says. To this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt mm, in where? His heart. But what? Believes. It sounds so much like Romans 10, 9, and 10. Okay? Confess, it says, believe in your heart. All right? Keep going. That what he says, not thinks, will happen, and it'll be done for him. Listen to me. This is not name it, claim it. Okay? But I'm going to tell you something. God wants to prosper you. God wants to bless you. He wants to open floodgates on you. He wants to do all kind of things in and through you that you could not even think or imagine. I promise you. Because it gets him all kind of giggled, tickled when he blesses his kids. Loves it. Do you like to bless yours? Is it tickle you to death when you get to bless them and surprise them and give them all kind of stuff? You bet it does. I didn't say spoil them. I said bless them. Okay? It does to the Father too. He wants to do great things. He wants to do incredible blessings and give you. This is not name it, claim it, my friend. But I'm going to tell you something. Name it, claim it. It scared us off from speaking the word in truth. It scared us off, man. It scared us off. There is a principle that is, that is put in motion when you speak the word of God. And there is, a, there is a spiritual law that is put in motion when you speak the things of the world. And some of us would not even want the things that we speak to come true. Then why in the world do we keep speaking them? If you really want the things you're speaking to come true, what if they did come true? Speak what you want to happen. If you want a refreshed revival in your marriage, speak the word in that area. Because too many of us are walking around going, man, I don't know what's wrong with us. Man, the, man we just keep getting further and further and further apart. Quit asking your buddy, unless your buddy's the word. It's okay to ask your buddy. It's okay to have somebody pray for you. It's okay to have accountability. It's okay to have a mentor. But I'm going to tell you, it's much better for you to claim the promises of God in your house and over your marriage. Come on, man. We don't need a hug and a stroke. We need the word in power form, okay? I'll give you a hug later. Do this first, okay? You got to do this first. We, I'm telling you, I'm burdened that we don't act like king's kids. We act like world kids. We're not world kids. We're king's kids. Mount up with boldness, have some spiritual guts, and start praying the word over areas of your life. You have not because you speak not. And we won't speak because we don't believe. When did you stop believing? So I tried that thing. I prayed, and it didn't happen. You tried that thing. You tried that thing? It's not a new popcorn. It's not a, a lollipop. Tried that thing. What is it? Did your quarter run out? The horse stopped bouncing? I mean, it's not a, a riding horse. You don't try this thing, okay? It's not a season for this. All right, I'm going to do it for two weeks. We'll see if God comes through. You're going to tell God you're putting him on a timetable before you quote his scripture. What? He ought to reach down and pop, pop. I mean, come on, man. 
Don't tell God you're putting him on a timetable and then do something. God, I'm going to pray about this for three weeks. If you don't do it the way I pray, I'm, I'm not going to ever do it again. You know what he's going to do? I'm not doing it. Don't pray to me then. If that's how you're going to pray to me, then don't pray. We forget who we're talking to. We, we forget sometimes who we're talking to. Throw that slide up again. I used this last week. I told my people they can have what they say. And they are saying what they have. Mm, my gosh. Did anybody just curl up with that this week? Think about your prayer life. God said in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, you can, you can have what you say. And what we're praying is what we already have. What do you, what, what do you, what do you want from him? Pray that. Claim the promises of God. Speak that over him. Exodus 33 is an encounter of Moses and God. Moses says these words. Don't send us up. Don't send us up from here if your presence doesn't go with us. What's going to distinguish us and what's going to let us know that you're pleased with us unless your presence goes with us? I'll do the very thing you have asked because I know you by name. I'll do the very thing you've what? Think? No. Do the very thing you've asked because I know you by name. Moses, I'll do the very thing you've asked because I trust you. Because I trust you. What, what are we asking? He'll do the very thing we ask. Okay? You say, well, how do I know that he'll do it? Well, if he can trust you, he'll do it. Well, how do I know if he trusts me? You just start praying it and speaking it. And as, as, as you speak and pray that, he will begin to turn your heart so that your heart mirrors his heart, so that word says in Psalms that, that you have the desires of your heart, okay? Well, your desire may be this, but God's desire may be this. But when God turns your heart towards him, you'll pray his heart. And when you pray his heart, that unleashes him to do it. Maybe your heart don't match his heart. But when you spend time praying that word, he's going to turn that heart to look like his heart. And then if it mirrors his heart, the Father will say, give it. Do it. You see, Moses' heart wasn't at that point ready for that. And God turned that heart in that 10 and 10 meetings. And then he did the very thing. Not because he didn't know his name. Because it says, I trust you. I trust you. I want to look real quick. Real quick, back at verse 25 of Mark. And I want to end here. Mark eleven twenty-five. He goes through this. If you have faith in God in verse 21, he goes in this, ask. He talks about, therefore, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Look at verse 25. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. For that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. Interesting place just to kind of slide that in. Isn't it? You say, well, well, it didn't even really go with the whole story. No. You see, to get the most honest answer from people, sometimes you ask the most random questions at the unsuspecting times. I used it all the time in student ministry. have tons of cheerleaders in my student ministry. I just kind of want to know what's going on with her and her boyfriend. So at the most random time, I just ask the craziest question, and all of a sudden that face would go, Pfft. I'm like, your words are don't mean anything to me because I already see. 
I already see. See, I think he puts this right here for a reason. Because we don't confess it and we don't believe it because our hose. See, you got a spring of living water that wells up in you when you get saved. But let me tell you what sin does and unforgiveness and all that unbelief and all that stuff does. Kinks it. And so there's nothing wrong with the flow. If the living water flow is good. It's the unbelief. It's the unforgiveness. It's the bitterness and the hardness and the callous of a heart that will not confess the word and not believe God. They've, they've locked it down. I mean, there is, a, there is a gusher waiting to come. And some of you are sitting in this worship center, and boy, you know this truth, but you will not let go of that hose. That hose is kinked. You think you're winning. You're locked down. You think you have right to believe. You prayed. You asked God to die anyway, and now you're taking it out on God. I prayed for this. It didn't come through, and now I'm shutting down on God. But he don't even care. And you think you're winning because you kinked that hose, and you think you cut him off. But you're the one robbing yourself. You've got to let go. you got to let go, man. Some of y'all, mm, I've been there. I, I'm not preaching anything I haven't walked because God whooped my tail in high school and said, you'll never get any further with the Holy Spirit of God until you let your dad go. you got to let him go. And I said to him many times, I don't have anything against my dad. I'm fine. And the Holy Spirit would not let me go. And finally I got up and drove from East Texas Baptist University in Marshall, Texas, to Athens, Texas, drove in, stopped. My dad's sitting on a Coke bottle bench, letter and a sign. I walked in for an hour. I just said, God, Dad, I forgive you here, 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 forgive you here. I'm not here for you to say I'm sorry. No, don't say a word, Dad. I'm, I'm not here for you to talk to me. I'm here to talk to you. I got to let you go. I got to set you free because my hose is kinked. The Holy Spirit shut down. It won't do anything in my life. I can't hear it. The power has no word. The word has no power. My prayer is not going anywhere. My worship is ridiculous. I can sing all I want, but it won't even get out of the side of the room. I mean, I can, I'm shut down. And when I let him go, I'm telling you, when I let him go, it was a tidal wave in my life. A tidal wave in my life. And, and some of y'all are just sitting there, and you know you're locked down. You know your hose is kinked, and some of it's unforgiveness, and some of it's just unbelief. You just don't believe. You, you, you get honest. You don't believe he can do it. Some of you don't believe this word, so you don't confess it. And you're locked, man. You're locked. You're locked. It's not a sweet book. It's a powerful word. Okay? You've got to let go. This altar today is going to be wide open. And I pray in the name of Jesus that don't you walk out these doors kinked up anymore. You are locked down. Let it go. Let it go. Let them go. Let them go. Let yourself go. You don't believe, you've got to let it go. It's robbing you. It's robbing you. You've got to let it go. Don't be locked up anymore. Don't be locked up anymore. Confess victory in the face of apparent defeat. Confess abundance in the face of apparent lack. Face hope. Confess hope when it looks hopeless. You've got to face clear direction when it looks all foggy. You've got to believe it and set it, let it go. The reason he snuck this in there in verse 25 is because this right here will kink a hose of belief and confession. You got to let that go. This altar right here is for you. 
we move to our time of invitation, I just want to ask you one more time. As the band comes up, I just want to ask one more time. When did you stop believing? When did you stop believing? He said, I don't care how many times you ask this, Jeff. I believe. Then why aren't you praying it? Why don't you pray it and believe it? Why don't you confess it and believe it? I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm not going to walk you through invitation. You know what it is. It's time for the church <laughs> to say, I've had enough. I'm ready to really get serious about this. I got to let some stuff go. I got to start believing. I got to start confessing. I got to start living in power. I got to start modeling Jesus in Ephesians 5.1. It's time, man. It's time. Church, rise up this morning and take back that ground. Take back that turf. Take back that stuff the enemy stole from you. Okay? Take it back. Let's pray. And you come if you need to come. Father, we love you. May the Holy Spirit move us now for your glory and your glory only. Set us free. Break the chains. Let us claim the turf. Let us take back what's been stolen. Help our disbelief, our unbelief, God. God, may we forgive as you forgave us. In Jesus' name.